0: Welcome to the Dogsthorpe Infant School, part of Hampton Academy's Trust. This podcast is brought to you by Eddie Edster, the Dogsthorpe Infant School wellbeing dog. Eddie and Captain Dave are in the learning journey rocket, ready
1: for takeoff. This is your captain speaking. We've been cleared for departure. Five, four, three,
0: two, one... You are listening to Launchpad. Welcome back to Dogsthorpe Infant School, part of the Hampton Academies Trust. Today, a new book has hit our bookshops and our online book retailers called My School Governance Handbook, a step by step guide and checklist for all school governors. It's a book that every school and every governor needs, particularly so if you're thinking of becoming a governor. Eddie and I are delighted to welcome on to the Dogsthorpe Infant Launchpad today. Not only the author of this book, but a dear friend and a past governor of our school. Welcome, Mr. Al Kingsley. Hello, hello. Good to speak with you. And you too, Al. Now, your book has become available to us today, so I've not yet had chance to read it yet. So, with bated breath, can I ask you please to share with our listeners what we can expect to gain from buying your latest book?
1: The truth of it is governance every year gets a bit more complicated and there's more expectations from the government on this wonderful unpaid workforce that's there to support our schools and leadership and there are two challenges i think one is remembering all the things during that annual cycle that you have responsibility for whether you're a governor a trustee or a member in that new academy landscape where we've got different tiers of governance and there's also lots of well-intentioned people who might be considering becoming a school governor but really aren't quite sure what it means. And in truth, if we did a straw poll outside Dogsthorpe Infant School and asked 50 people, what does a governor do? We'd probably get a very broad range of of, of interpretations. So with that in mind, the two things we want to do is make sure those people that give up their time to support schools can do it as effectively as possible. And the second is when there's great people who've got ideas and experience they could bring to the table, I wanted to try and make it easier for them to feel confident they could step into the mix and put their name forward. Um, With my last book, I figured out very quickly that actually writing in the style of just like you and I chatting today is far more effective than pretending that I am a research expert. And this is a manuscript or Bible towards something, because that's certainly not the intention. So it's written very much in, in the style of, okay, so you're interested in being a governor. This is what the role means. These are the kinds of things that you should expect to be involved in. Um, And then it breaks down and goes through everything, whether it's from understanding the role, understanding the structures in a multi-academy trust, what a scheme of delegation is, which is basically that piece of paper that works out who's responsible for what or who should be informed, what to do when you're trying to challenge effective use of the curriculum, being mindful of data, privacy, Ofsted turning up on the door. You know, there's so many things. And I tried to break it down into both a set of explanations and a checklist of things to remember, and then wrap off each bit with a set of questions, the kinds of things that you could ask, because you don't need to be an expert to ask important questions. You know, the why word anybody can ask, why do we do it that way? You know, and hopefully 99% of the time, there's a really good reason explained back to you as to why you do it. But sometimes people can bring their own experience, whether they've got a career in the military or in sales or in marketing or in finance whatever their role is they will have experiences lived experiences that can add to the mix Um, and something I know you're hugely passionate about Dave and Eddie of course you know we want our schools to reflect our community so we want the voices of our community but we want people to feel they're not going to come along and be intimidated there's um, a a well-used term imposter syndrome that sense that you sit at the table and um, everybody starts talking about things and it's not your area of expertise so suddenly that means that your voice doesn't count or matter for anything when in truth actually a fresh pair of eyes a different challenge is really healthy and that's how we all grow Uh, and I've never met anybody join a governing body irrespective of experience that hasn't asked a question where I thought "Hmm, that's a good question I wish I'd asked that you know you learn from it so it builds the strength of your existing governing body as well Um, and I guess that question of you're an existing governor well you know I'll, I'll, maybe it's maybe it's my point in life where i've reached this age but the truth of it is you can't possibly remember everything you know i use in the book the donald rumsfeld quote you know it's not the known knowns or the known unknowns it's the unknown unknowns and i defy anybody to go google something they don't know about how do you know what to google so the book's inter- intention is to say look here's a checklist of all the things you need to be thinking of during the year in some cases, it gives you all the details. In other cases, it gives you a summary and a place where you can go and get the updated information because it changes on a regular basis. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a bring everyone together, make make governance accessible and actually explain what the hell it is. And the, the
0: thing about being a governor and, and becoming a governor is that it, it, it can start off very small. Or you think, oh, well, it's, just, it's basically you meet once or, or two or three times a term and you'll sit, sit at a table and you discuss a few things and then you go away again and that's the end of it. But it's not, is it? It is a, it is a hugely privileged place to be because of the, the way that you can mould and shape a school. But it's, it's, it's
1: multifaceted, isn't it? I think it's one of those vocations where it all it's all down to how much you want to give. For most people, you get involved and you're aware of your statutory obligations, as you refer to those termly meetings. Um, but actually you become invested, or I hope you do, in, in the school, it's future success, it's growth. Uh, I defy anybody not to get invested when you think of someone like Dog Slip and the and the children and their passion and their enthusiasm. And as such, you want to get more invested. And it might be that rather than just asking how's the curriculum doing once a term, you want to come into school and see for yourself how our teachers and TAs are delivering a really enriching learning environment. Maybe you want to sit down at the breakfast club and, and hear from children and understand their lived experiences that shapes it. Maybe you actually want to get to know some of the staff so you get a better sense. Now, all these things get joined up because Dogsthorpe's part of a trust. So we want to make sure that, We're talking about strategically the long-term plans, whether it's finance, whether it's our staff, where are we going to be in the future? What's our vision? You know, and and the vision comes from, you've got to have those different layers, the people that are worried about the today in the school, what's happening in the teaching and learning. And for some, it's about making sure that three years from now, we're going to have a robust financial plan and a strategic plan that means that we're going to be safe and secure. Um, I think the number one word that springs to mind for me when we think about governance, specifically particularly when we think, you know, as trustees and board members, is we're custodians. We are responsible for the longevity and success. And let's be honest, for most people who are a trustee, you don't have the physical tools in your hand to go magic things. So what do you do? You empower the amazing people that work and lead your schools to do what they do. They're the people with the skills. You're just there to facilitate and, when necessary, back up. You know, so that's mm. the support and challenge that comes from governance. Um, and it worries me, and it has done for many years. The government does increasingly put more and more expectations, particularly on trustees, but also on school governors. Um, and, and with that comes an expectation that people's time is unlimited. Um, now, I would argue the way that you find you know, value and you enjoy governance is by understanding and actually being part of the community, actually understanding what's happening in a school. Uh, and so we need to kind of make sure that we connect the dots. You know, you're asking these questions, you're responsible for this, but actually here's why. This is why it's important and, and how it joins up with all the other schools and the trust that are doing the same thing. And it used to be the same in local authority schools and still is. We have our local governing bodies. The difference is the local governing body doesn't really have anywhere to go beyond other than the local authority itself, who potentially and certainly for many years has been worrying about dozens and dozens of schools. Um, But the same applies. The local authority take that role like our board of trustees to provide the the training and the support and and the influence. So it really doesn't matter what kind of school you're in. You know, you're a governor of a school, irrespective whether it's a state school, an academy, whether it's a, a faith school, whether it's an independent school. You're there to make children's education and learning and experience better and safer. And so the same questions, the same checklist apply. You know, I really hope, much as I'd love every governor in the country to say, I'd like to find this bright orange book and have a read, that's probably a bit of a reach. I'd like to hope that the actual impact is there's a few people who are thinking about governance who think, actually, having read that, I reckon I would enjoy that and I could add value. And that's the biggest challenge across the country. There's a huge gap in vacancies on school governing bodies where we just don't have enough people you know and it's not a surprise everyone's got busy lives yeah. everyone's yeah. got other pressures in their lives right now but children of the future which is a bit of a overused term now but let's be honest you can't really dispute the fact can you
0: no no, no indeed and we're we're entering for all schools we're entering a, a, another very challenging time aren't we financially and and looking at the way where we are with our schools at the minute there's a lot of unknowns and um that's why we need good people on our governors
1: Absolutely. I think um, there are always pressures at different times. And you're right to to raise, um, Dave, that that financial pressures are a concern. I think like any organisation, and we don't have to think of education explicitly. This is the same across the country. We tend to make plans and decisions about investment when we've got confidence in how much money is coming into the pot every year. We've gone through a really difficult period of turbulence. And right now, the challenge for schools is not having clarity on where some of the additional costs they're having to bear whether that funding is going to come straight from government or they're going to have to find it out of economies of scale that puts pressure on schools now different trusts have under different levels of pressure we're in a, a good position as hampton Academies trust that we've got good financial management and we've got the ability to to balance the books but i think we'd all agree Ultimately, our aspiration is if we spend more money paying for electric and gas supplies, other services, if we see that our operational costs keep increasing, then at some point that has an impact on the the funds available for enriching and the teaching and learning experience. And none of us want to see that. So it puts a lot of pressure on all stakeholders to make the right decisions. But I'd also argue, taking from one of the the key words of Dogstorp infants. Those that can weather the storm, those that have the right planning in place, are the ones that can really shine and stand out from the crowd. So let's take the challenge and, and, and embrace the challenge and recognise whilst it's far from ideal, we're, um, we're going to make the most of our situation right now and we're going to demonstrate what makes us a good trust.
0: You mentioned about the, the layout of the um of, the, of your book and when i mm. when you published um your your book last year my secret edtech diary i must say that i found it both an easy book to read and particularly uh, it was useful in the way that it was laid out and i often find myself dipping back into that book uh to when i'm researching a particular issue about edtech is this new book written in a very similar way? So it says it's a step-by-step guide. Is it the sort of thing that you can governors can go back and refer to? Um,
1: I certainly hope so. I mean, the first thing I learned writing any books in education is it's going to be read by teachers. So I had to focus on making sure my finger spaces were right and I'd got my spelling and grammar in place. Otherwise I knew they'd probably mark it rather than read it. Of course I'm saying that tongue in cheek. But yeah, I, I I think sometimes there's um There's a desire to use lots of um, unnecessarily complicated expressions and phrases when we're explaining things. And I wanted it to be, to keep it simple. What I do know in education is that it is a world full of acronyms. There is an abbreviation for everything. And that is both helpful in cutting down on the amount of writing, but also a real barrier to accessibility for anybody whose career path has not been in the education sector itself. So, one thing you will find in my school governance handbook at the rear is my edu dictionary, which is entitled really to take all those pesky acronyms and spell them out as to what they actually mean and a description as to why they're relevant or important. So, when we're sitting at meetings and you're perhaps new to governance, or frankly, you've been there a few years, and we start talking about new terminology relating to the curriculum or safeguarding or whatever the topic may be, you can flick to the back of the book and it will give you an OWL's version, a plain English summary of what that phrase is uh, and why it's relevant to to the school. And it's been included in this report. And I think accessibility is the key one, isn't it? If if we get rid of the mystique and the barriers, then we ultimately come down to just people's will, enthusiasm and their experiences that they can bring to the table.
0: Where can people buy this wonderful new book? Where can they go?
1: Usual places? Um, usual places I was going to say probably within a couple of weeks it'll be for 99p in the Woolworths bargain bin but as Woolworths (laughs) aren't there anymore I've aged myself and the jokes (laughs) fallen flat but um, yeah the usual places online or I'm going to say all good bookshops certainly online and all good bookshops and of course Amazon and so on Um, and if you're lucky it might be in a few shops as well it'll be it's available as a a, um, paperback but there'll also be a Kindle version shortly
0: well, you can be sure that if it does ever finish up in a bargain bin, it'll probably be laying next door to one of my CDs. Now, <laughs> uh, thank you for joining us today, Al. It's, a, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Um, folks, if you're listening to this and, and this, this new book is of interest to you, go into the text of the podcast. All of the, all the links you need to get hold of the book and to get in touch with, with Al uh, will all be there. Uh, but thank you for joining
1: us today, Al. Bless you. Thank you, Dave. My, my pleasure.
0: Well, that's it for another week, folks. Captain Dave and Eddie will be back again soon with another launchpad. They'll have more great guests, more places to see, and more interesting things to share on the learning journey. So, until next week, be kind, be respectful, and always remember to dream, believe, and shine. This podcast is sponsored by Eddie Edster, the Dogsaw Infant School Wellbeing Dog, part of Hampton Academy's Trust. It's a school where stars learn to dream, believe and shine.